What is the role of philanthropy during times of health and economic crises? Well, that role is quite robust. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school. And of course, the first message as always is we hope that you're safe. We hope that you're healthy. We know that times are tough for all of us, including in the nonprofit sector in some very unique ways. But please continue to do the best you can with social distancing and even with the, surface, uh, the services of your nonprofit, you still need to be engaged with people. Do your best with physical distancing. And that's what we're trying to do today uh, with my dear colleague, Dr. Una Osley of the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, who is here today to talk with us about the unique role of philanthropy during times such as this with the novel coronavirus. And, you know, Una, we're hearing so much from the federal government as we should. And not too long ago, we saw uh, a big introduction of the private sector into the solutions uh, for the times we face today. But there's a unique role for philanthropy as well. Help our audience understand that. Absolutely. I'm so glad you raised that point, Bill, and I'm very pleased to be here. We have seen uh, the world uh, grappling with this crisis. None of us have the answers. There's a lot of uncertainty. Philanthropy has a unique role to play in moments like this. Throughout our history, we've seen the philanthropic sector step up and especially fill in gaps that other sectors are not able to fill or uh, may not be better equipped or best equipped to fill. So the, the best example now is that we're dealing with not just a national and international crisis, a pandemic, as the World Health Organization has shared, but we also have an, an a cascade of economic effects where families and communities are really grappling with how to cope with this. Nonprofits in some ways and philanthropists are best equipped because they work with many families on a daily basis. They understand the needs of those communities and they're in touch with them on a basic, on a very day-to-day -day basis. So here, philanthropists can anticipate what those needs are, whether those are uh, hourly employees that no longer have a paycheck coming in, whether those those are uh, healthcare centers or healthcare workers that may need support, or whether it's about organizing neighborhoods to care for the most vulnerable in all of our communities. Uh, we're already seeing that happening around the country where local community organizations know those uh, senior citizens that may be isolated or know where they live and can organize uh, small groups of volunteers to either call. You don't always have to be there in person. You can communicate via technology, whether those are phone calls or video calls to stay informed and assist uh, the most vulnerable in society. So I think that's where we're seeing philanthropy really step up. And around the country, there's so many examples of that. So it's really uh, one of the roles that philanthropy can play is filling in those gaps where government or business, the other two sectors, are less equipped to. And Una, of course, we teach consistently at the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy and through the fundraising school. We want all three sectors to thrive. We need wisdom and good policies from our federal, state, and local government leaders. Uh, certainly need the private sector to be responsive uh, during times like this. But there is a role for the philanthropic sector, and yet that also is not a one-size-fits-all. I know your research and your expertise point out that different subsectors are affected in different ways during times of economic crisis, natural disasters, health crises like we're in right now. Let's start with the human services sector. This is an area that sometimes actually can see more donations at times like this. Is that correct? What have you seen? Yes. So our research gives us a lot of evidence on that. During the 2008 financial crisis, which is fresh in a lot of people's minds, and we do have very good data about that, we actually saw large gifts, so million-dollar gifts and above, go up during mm -hmm. that crisis. 
And when we looked at uh, high net worth donors and their patterns of support, many of them actually switched some of their giving to focus on basic needs charities. The message for nonprofits who work in the human services sector is that this is a good time to actually show how you're making a difference in the community and to engage donors as well as volunteers. And as I mentioned, volunteering can include um, virtual volunteering because uh, many families can need that uh, support during this period of, of uh, social distancing. So the data suggests that human services uh, large gifts actually increase during a crisis and for many nonprofits this means this is a, a time to think about how to engage your donors and how to uh, bring in new donors to your causes because the needs in your communities may have gone up and there's an opportunity for you to really uh, engage donors to let them know how they can make a difference through the work of your organization. The public health crisis of course is primary and yet we also know there are very likely are more people suffering economically then we'll ever catch this virus, right? So we know the economic consequences are huge for people losing their jobs or, or uh, having less hours, reduced pay, things of that nature. And yet there are still many of us who are working full-time, who are still receiving that full-time paycheck, even if we're, we're working at home. And, and Una, on the one hand, a lot of people understandably might be circling the financial wagons at this point and kind of refraining from spending, maybe thinking about, is this a time to make a donation? But you're saying there are donors, even during tough times like this, who we can still be approaching for financial support. Absolutely, and Bill, you are correct. Uncertainty uh, does have an impact on donations. People tend to give when they feel financially and economically secure. But we also know that in times of crisis, there is the spirit of generosity that has been part of American philanthropy for as long as all of us know it. It's older than the history of this country. And it's even something that spans uh, the global context as well. And in communities uh, around the country, the Midwest, the South, the North, and even the West Coast, we're seeing the beginnings of that where communities are launching response funds and we're seeing donors really step up because they see how this can impact their own neighbors. And they're aware of uh, not just the health uh, crisis that we're dealing with, but as you noted, the fallout in terms of uh, people's economic lives. And in some ways, uh, we were already dealing with uh, uh, issues around uh, inequality in the U.S. with many families not um, having uh, very robust ways of supporting themselves. And this actually casts even more, uh, puts more pressure on many families around the country. We talked about the human service organizations that sometimes can't see giving go up during times of crises. What about some of the other subsectors? For example, what have you seen in the arts uh, during times such as this? The arts uh, in the past has been quite vulnerable to economic shocks. And so this is something that I think many arts and culture organizations are aware of, and many of them are being very proactive during this time to start engaging with their supporters, to arrange virtual events. Uh, many have converted their galas to virtual, um, or they're also giving supporters and stakeholders uh, alternate ways of supporting the organization. For example, um, buying a membership. If you already had 
tickets for an event, consider converting that to a future event or a donation instead of getting a refund. I think the arts community is also very resilient and we've seen a lot of creativity and innovation, especially with online ways of building support and engagement. And so this is a time for arts organizations to continue to benefit from that creativity and innovation and to explore some of those ways of engaging and supporting and engaging support online. If you can't uh, meet in person because of social distancing, there are other ways. Uh, the arts are so central to many communities. They can give hope during periods of uncertainty and they can bring people together, except this time it's online, yes. online communities. And that has been one of the uh, bright spots in today's um, environment is seeing how organizations are innovating even in this time of great uncertainty. And you have seen this. It would not be inappropriate for an arts organization to say, yes, we will refund the ticket or please use that ticket for a future show. Or would you please consider that payment of the ticket now as a donation? Exactly. That's not an inappropriate message right now. Exactly. And I think most donors are quite aware of how difficult it is uh, for arts organizations given that they can't hold face-to-face -face events and are willing to support them and stay with them, walk alongside them during this time. So I think it's up to organizations to make that case, to also um, use this as an opportunity. In every crisis, there's an opportunity to tell their story because uh, many arts organizations, whether those are in theater, in dance, or even uh, performing of different types, uh, online venues are becoming uh, more prevalent just because of the times that we live in. And our nine subsectors in the philanthropic sector, we focus just on two in this brief podcast. We hope that you can take these lessons and apply them to your particular subsector. And again, we're not saying this is easy. We're not trying to minimize the challenges that all of us know, and we are all in this together. What we are encouraging you with the expertise of Dr. Una Osley is to do your best with who you know where you are uh, and look for those opportunities during those difficult times. We do expect fundraising, very understandably, very likely will take a dip, at least for the short term, if not for longer. So what can you do now to continue to make your case to donors? Now, the fundraising school, we're still open for business. We're online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. We have these free weekly podcasts coming out new every Monday. Uh, we're kind of in a series right now tailored especially for this coronavirus crises. And then we have about two years of podcasts archived on our website. If you want some professional development, you have 10 minutes here or there, why don't you maybe listen to some archived podcasts. We also have a series of free webinars happening right now that are more conversation than presentation, giving you lots of time to directly in live time ask your questions, share your best practices, and yes, vent, share your stress uh, as we all commiserate together through these challenging times. Again, our website, philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school, where you can also learn about our online classes, which are still occurring. With Dr. Una Osley, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school.